Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom. And I've got my good friend Will here, and I've got my sunshine here as she's laying up door by sunshine. Tell Mama say hi. Yep. Well, sorry, yeah. Oh boy, it's gonna be that kind of podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So I've uh, I've got this new. I I do it to myself, but I see it, so I got to try it. Uh, I've got the the artist limited edition. This is marshmallows, Coca Cola creation, not marshmallow flavor, but marshmallow the like the EDM. I guess he does EDM, right? He does something. It says it's watermelon, strawberry, and other natural flavors. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is a non-Coca-Cola podcast, so. It's not nearly as offensive as I thought it was going to be. Would I buy another one? Probably not, but it's not bad. Oh, Coca-Cola. I mean, Mike Muir didn't want a Coca-Cola, Will. He wants a Pepsi. They did specifically say Pepsi. And that Limp Biscuit classic. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, that's an inside joke. Um, but if you're in the Discord, you, you, you if you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, I hate Coca-Cola, but, I mean, ever since I was in Peru and I was watching people clearing their car batteries off with coke. I was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. detox." What can I say, Tom? Just trying to better myself every day. Yeah, and then uh, the Bolivian president banned Coca-Cola from uh, Bolivia. Uh, it is is the the black tea or the black death tea of American imperialism or something like that. So uh, sounds shout, about right. Shout out to former president of Bolivia, um, Evo. Um, if you want to study some fucked up presidential history, check out Bolivia. But this isn't a history podcast. This is a Ring of Honor. I mean, I mean it's kind of a history podcast. It's not a South American history podcast, which would be fun. I need to do some more research. But this is a Ring of Honor podcast. And, uh, you know, Will and I both had some long weeks. So um, we've had a little bit too much negativity in my life. So I want to start to start on a positive note, Will. Also, we're not talking about death before dishonor. Well, well that's, not, that's, not, that's not negativity. That's just an educated opinion by a very smart person. No, I'm coming in hot. I, I got I have legit heat with Tony Khan now. Me and Tony Khan got heat now. Well, I mean, well, you should. I mean, even for- I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna show up to a taping and cuss them out too. What? <laughs> I love it, but I do just want to start out the episode with. Uh, but a shout out first. I just want to shout out to my buddy Tim King uh, of the Wrestle Index, newly added to the Visionaries Global Media. Uh, but I knew Tim before that in the real life. Uh, Tim and I met at a rest- Warrior Wrestle show, and uh, Tim just had my back on some bullshit. And I just want to thank him and shout him out. And uh, the Wrestle Index, man, they, they redid their website. I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, this podcast new to Visionaries Global Media, so we're, we're podcast mates. Uh, but speaking of that, I do want to shout out. Um, a bunch of our fellow mates, uh, obviously Chad and Diesel, uh, the presidents of Visionaries Gold Media, uh, JCB, Bill and Zach over at Band from Rigside, uh, and the Brand Buster Boys, and Good Cop, Bad Cop. Um, all these shows you can, um, 
you know, but I appreciate you guys giving me some uh, positive support this week. And then, uh, yeah. I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out Mike's mom. Yeah. And we and give no and give no other context. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. We're just going to shout out Mike's mom. And uh, once again, if you know, you know, um, hit me up on Twitter after you listen to this episode and uh, get the details. This is not like a young gravy kind of thing where I'm shouting out Mike's mom. Yeah. So it's a legit reason. So, and then obviously we got to shout out our homies in the discord. Uh, Scotch drinks more David Bauer, uh, Eric Freed. Um, and speaking of Eric Freed, he was on the Mark Order podcast. He was. He was on their Death Before Dishonor post show with uh, Kyle Sparks, Body Slam. Yeah, and uh, obviously Ant Money. So, a uh, great episode. Everybody, I highly recommend also listen to Code of Honor. Um, Kyle and Ky- or, um, Kylie do a great job uh, reviewing Ring of Honor. Or Ring of Honor. Uh, but Eric's going to be doing a podcast, too, so hopefully we get to hear his voice. So, um, after hearing him on the Mark Order, I was pretty stoked for whatever project he does, so... Last shout out, I swear, um, I haven't done this before, but I should, but uh, my good friends, uh, Country Air, uh, they do a Take It At Home podcast on YouTube, um, so it's Doc, who I'm going to be reviewing the movie The Warriors with uh, next week, uh, former guest Perch, Ref Perch, and my boy Zach Hendricks, uh, also of Country Air, and then Perch has got Perch merch. Perch right merch. There. Yeah, but he's finally on pro wrestling tees, but all the proceeds are going to St. Jude's. Um, yeah, so classic. I'm just, very classic. Yeah, and I just want to start off, and this has this positivity and negativity's got nothing to do with Will's um, soon to be controversial review of the show. Um, but I'll be honest with you, folks, I don't disagree with Will as much as you would think. Um, but before we get to that, we have to get to this. We need to get some music here. Um, but we it is Brundon's just uh, question of dishonor. For this week is who in two uh, who in 2012 Ring of Honor thought it would be uh, bigger than they ended up being. So, um, and his answers were actually Mike Bennett and Shelton Benjamin, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Shelton Benjamin has always kind of been on a lesser level than Charlie Haas. He's incredible. Like his solo run in the E when he had like the IC belt stuff like that. Yeah. He's an incredible athlete. He's still technically on the books now, still, I think, but he's just not yeah. he's just not doing anything. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where he just couldn't he's one of those guys that just couldn't shake the shadow of being in a tag team. Yeah. Well, and the fact they trained with Brock Lesnar and he always kind of had that Lesnar shadow too. So um yeah, once I thought about that, I thought it was kind of crazy. But you know, at Mike Bennett, um obviously watching how good he is here. Um, you Mike know. Bennett's a great show because yeah. you you, again you could say that he's great and he's doing great work now yeah but does he ever hit maybe that ceiling that he could have had yeah if he, you could know, say no yeah and he's definitely I mean he's, he's had his demons for sure um, and he's been well documented um, and then I just kind of asked Brendan I'll ask you this Will do you think Bennett would ever go back to the E after the whole Mike Canellis debacle no because he doesn't have to i mean they seem to be doing great on impact they're over with the impact crowd yeah they could do stuff for the nwa uh, i mean that's yeah there's there's so many other options i mean he could hit up new japan now he could just do indies yeah 
you know, he could hit up your AAWs and your stuff like that and make a killing. Yeah. Because he's, it's kind of like um, on this past week's Mark Order podcast, talking about Gresham could never go to the E. Because, I mean, first of all, Bennett's got a lot of things that Gresham doesn't, that the E would be looking for. No, he's white, his height, stuff like that. Yeah. But the idea of does he fit in? And I don't think, like, Maria, I don't think would go back because that's that's twice you go through. You're not really happy either time. Some, like, the type of work that Bennett's doing, I don't think he would be able to do in the. Right. Because they would make his. His gimmick would have to be like motivational speaker. Like, yeah. hey, you do that, like, you do this motivational thing on Twitter, right? So that's just gonna be your whole thing. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be. Yeah, we'll see what uh, what changes roll out through uh, the next uh, probably post SummerSlam, right? So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I was kind of interested, but uh, who's uh, who are your picks? Obviously, um, I think every obviously it's uh, Michael James Mondo. I mean, yeah, I mean. Brendan didn't say we couldn't pick Mike Mondo this week. It well, was kind of implied, though. Yeah, I think that's. We're, we're, we're a little biased towards the Mike Mondo. Yeah. Um, but my first pick really was Taven. Now that I think about it, I mean, I know I'm just kind of biting off of Mike Bennett, but um, I know he's a former Ring of Honor champ. Um, I know he's doing pretty well in Impact, but, man, you think he would thrive in either AEW or WWE. Um, he might be a little small, you know, but I mean, if, you know, or NXT, I mean, Taven would have been great in NXT, you know, as a foil to Undisputed Era, you know. Um, what do you, what, what say you, Will? So when I first heard this question, I, like, people who haven't, I'm going back to, so further in their career, I mean, depending on how you want to frame stuff around it, I mean, you could say Elgin was a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. I mean, realistically, how far would he have gone? You know, not to be that guy, but, you know, but with his look, with his size. But at the same time, like, the, the signs are there. I mean, we're starting to see it even now. Like, he's he's obviously got the actual strength. He's an actually strong dude. He can deliver. So that Elgin, Elgin was like when I first read the question. Elgin was the first thought that came to my head. That makes sense. I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't think of that. And you kind of track with how his relationship with Ring of Honor kind of fell apart and then all the other stuff starts coming out and it's like even if you sold stuff with Ring of Honor it's like you could have if you pretty much weren't a piece of shit you probably could have gotten somewhere else yeah and now he's pretty much in tabloids for stealing protein powder in Japan, of all places, it's like what's where has he been in Japan? Is he in Noah? Is he in Dragon's Gate? Like what? 
why is he in Japan? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just hanging out. Maybe, you know? Who knows? So, yeah. that, that was kind of my first thing. You could almost probably say a Roger Strong, maybe. Like, I'm not as familiar with Roger Strong's, like, overall career. But, I mean, you start looking at, like, where he is right now. Yeah. It's fucking money. There's, there's no reason he couldn't be. And, again, you know, if he stayed with the E, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly didn't. But, you know, that's the same crew. Yeah. They were top dogs in NXT, but it's like they weren't going to do anything else, like, on main roster. Yeah. But they go to somewhere like AEW, I mean. Kyle O'Reilly's over as fuck. Adam Cole's over as fuck. Yeah. Roger, Roger Strong could decide one day not to re-sign his contract and show up in, like, New Japan. And they'd be like, holy shit, let's go. Sick kicks for everybody. Yeah. LFG, as the kids like to say so. Um, and then thinking about it, too, listen, obviously, uh, this is kind of an obvious answer, but, I mean, the Briscoes. Um, we kind of understand why they, they didn't. Um, there's actually a great promo out there when they talked about they got rejected because they were not cosmetically appealing to WWE. But um, as as they, it's kind of funny to hear that too because you look at some of the other talents that the E has brought through, and it's like you're telling me that these guys is it because they live the gimmick? Is that what it is? Is it because they actually have a southern accent? Is it because they actually? worked on a farm and it wasn't just hey pal can you do a southern accent for me yeah you know so um, the briscoes don't strike me as a group that would just kind of like sit there and be like oh yes sir whatever you tell us to do sir like nah this sounds like bullshit yeah you know and and people forget i mean obviously the briscoes are fucking brawlers but at the end of the day they're two great fucking athletes amazing Amazing athletes. Um, and obviously, they, they showed it this, this past week, and we'll get to that here in a couple minutes. Um, but, yeah, and then obviously them getting banned from AEW, um, you know. So, but, yeah, that is uh, that is our question of dishonor, unless you had any more, Will. No, I I could be, I could be a little shitty, but I will uh... – I'll save it maybe for off air. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, Elgin's a great pick. I mean, the dude's fucking tailor made for WWE. Tailor fucking made. Um, Could have done some great stuff. I mean, he's he's Ryback with talent. You know, so um, cool. Well, shout out to Brandon. Thank you again. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, for our, our first high flyer, Brandon. And I uh, hope, you know, hopefully everyone's looking forward to his question for next week. But, uh, uh, Will, you had a little bit of adventure this Saturday. Um, so, to preface this, uh, I'm, I'm fully invested, and I feel like I've earned my right to voice my, my I, I, will, I will call it as my dissatisfaction with, uh, with Death Before Dishonor, Tom. Yeah. It was, it's an easy drive to get there. There's plenty of parking, and I could park right across from the front door of the arena. Nice. I was able to walk right in, get flagged through, get in the merch line, grab uh, myself and 
Mike's mom a T-shirt from the the merch stand. Like you know, like the line like clipped right through. Like people in got their stuff. I mean, they didn't have like a whole lot of merchandise at the merch table. It was like all oh, just like event merchandise. There was like one of the, like the new ROH logo T-shirt, and they had like the trucker hats. Mm. I was hoping to get a hat, but I like the actual snapback, not the, the trucker hat style. I mean, it's a nice arena. But overall, I didn't love the booking of the show. There, I fully admit, and I kind of admitted it in the Shining Wizards Discord, that I, for example, I am very biased in the fact that I am a huge fan of Jonathan Gresham. I've got, like, all the shirts. I've got everything. Like, I on eBay looking for maybe an octopus mask or a foundation flag or like something. I've got the micro brawlers. I've got the t-shirt. Like I like he the the vignettes for the foundation before the pure tournament started really drew me in. And then I don't think Ring of Honor becomes a commodity that it was kind of during the pandemic and creeping into post-pandemic without Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. They now, plenty of star, there's plenty of stars there still. Like, you know, you have your, I guess, Jay Lethal's a star, and you have your Briscoes, and you have your, you know, there's plenty, you have your STP, you have your Faxione Gobernable. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to Ring of Honor that would make it a viable thing. But I feel Jonathan Gresham was kind of like the centerpiece of everything kind of coming out of the pandemic. And then the fact that he defended the title, even when there was no ring of honor, he's like, I'll defend that my own promotion. I'll go to impact and defend it. And everybody's like, cool, let's defend that ring of honor title. Like let's we're down for it. Like, you know, you're, you're the foundation. Yeah. And then kind of, as we get more, you know, we hit super card, we're starting to get more into the Tony Khan ring of honor. You see kind of like that foundation get chipped away. Right. Titus is kind of bumped. You're out. Josh Woods is still around, but again, he loses his title kind of gets pushed out. Jay lethal's there that nothing was really made of it about him being part of the foundation and part of the sense like, Oh, it's Jay lethal. You know, he's multi-time impact champion. He's been a ring of honor champion. Like he's, you know, champion everywhere he goes. So Gresham, like, coming out, and of course the crowd booing because he's not a baby face. I was floored, like, when it opened. I'm like, they're opening with this fucking Ring of Honor title match. The crowd's booing him. He's coming out, and he doesn't have the regalia on him. Like, wow. Because my phone doesn't take great pictures. And I didn't really take a whole lot because it was a struggle to get decent pictures. Yeah. But I was really hoping to at least get like a shitty picture of like the octopus like, with the mask and the flag. And like, I was looking forward to that so much as a fan. And I didn't get that. I really enjoyed the match. I would have liked to have seen maybe some callbacks to, to mm. Nigel McGuinness, like a London dungeon. To, yeah. Uh, you know, as a callback to he pointed out in like the 
the material leading up to it that it's only like 30 miles from there that Claudio lost his last Ring of Honor world title shot to Nigel. So I'm like, oh, that would have been a really cool callback. And it's, again, one of those things that people who knew would have known and been like, that's great because he obviously has the height advantage. Yeah. But if you use a move that, you know, put this guy down before. It's great storytelling. So I like the stuff where, like he's sitting, like, you know, he's got, he's sitting, he's got the feet pinned against the ankles. And he's telling Star, like, oh, yank me up. But he's like, can't do it. Like, I'm, I'm, he's going to match him strength for strength, even though he doesn't have the same height. Like, Jonathan Gresham, 5'4", 210 pounds or something like that. So that's a bananas. Dude is stacked. Uh, yeah. Spark. The fact he's built that way and still technically be a super junior. Yeah. It's like Shingo Takagi levels. Like, it's crazy. So, like, I was – when he hit the recoil bomb and it was over, I was like, whoa. Like, it felt sudden. Like, the match wasn't, like, short. But it wasn't even, like, a half hour. And it was just, like, the, that one power bomb. That was it. It's like, yeah, I've watched this guy go through so much more. But the crowd was into it. You know, the crowd was ecstatic. I was disappointed, but, you know, still like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean. They're putting, they're putting the belt on Cesaro and, or Claudio. It makes sense. But then it just kind of kept going because love Dalton Castle and the boys. But I kind of wanted to see the righteous retain because, like, you took them off STP to just have them wind up being dropped to Dalton Castle and the boys. Yeah, I mean... And now there's two sets of trios titles under the AEW banner, and there's no Shane Taylor promotions. Oh, sorry, you haven't watched Dynamite. But yeah, there's going to be AEW trios titles, too. Oh, shit. Okay, oh, really? So there's AEW trios titles and the Ring of Honor trios titles. Oh, shit. Okay. More belts. I mean, I'm still not going to watch, but... Um, uh, so, I mean, and, and then I'll just kind of, like, quickly speed through the rest of it. Like, I told Tom in pre-production, you know, we're watching 2012 Ring of Honor right now. Who's at the top of the card? It's the heels, baby. Yeah. It's your Kevin Steen. It's wrestling's greatest tag team. It's... The Briscoes aren't explicitly one way or the other, but, I mean, if anything, they do kind of lean... Yeah. Kind of on the heel side. You know, House of Truth is running wild. And it's no heels went over at this show, except for uh, the embassy in the zero hour. Yeah. yeah. That was the only heel victory. Um, you know, but all main card, like, I, I thought Garcia was going to win that title. Off Yuta, especially leading into us getting Garcia Daniel Bryan on Dynamite. Yeah. It's like that the story that you're putting forward on your own is saying this would make sense. But he didn't win. Serena Deeb, based on how the match looked in person at least, really should have won that match. And the crowd was way behind Serena Deeb. Again, it's like 
if you give me one heel victory, like this could be it. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to have some Ojo lose. Part of me did because, you know, we talked about our picks. Like, is Joe hurt? Is he going to be able to keep going? Like, you know, obviously they can, like. They look good. They could have it be a bullshit way. Like, you know, the match didn't start until, like, 15 minutes into the match, you know. So, yeah, all the bopping around the ring and stuff. But it's like. And then the main event, I mean, obviously was amazing. I would have loved to have been sitting in a more vocal section for the main event just so because you need that crowd around you to really get like invigorated and by the end of the show like i was excited to watch the the main event but i was just so as a fan i was so deflated and like i said in pre-production like maybe the new ring of honor just isn't gonna be yeah because pandemic ring of honor to me was it was for me the perfect wrestling show i would be antsy and excited to watch it every week. And I just feel like I was just watching it's like anything that I feel like I would have seen in that pandemic ring of honor is being said, nope, we're not we're not going that way. All baby faces. Main event was killer though. I mean I apparently did a meet and greet with everybody who hung around. And if I wasn't gonna uh FTR did a I'm guess a meet and greet with everybody who hung around. And then I hung around for a while, but it was like it was getting, I had to work the next day. I had to meet up with, with Mike and stuff before. And I thought about going back, but it's like I've already started leaving. I'll just leave. Oh, that's impressive for them to do that after the fucking match they had. Jesus. So like they the match was over, they brought in a kid, and they took like a lot of photos with a kid, like he was holding some of the belts and like, they had him like go up to the corner and like stuff like that. And I didn't realize they were going to do like a full on, like you can come like meet and greet basically. Wow. So that would have been neat. But uh, like I said, also at this point, I just kind of wanted to go home. I paid for a ticket. I didn't buy the cheapest ticket. You know, I bought a mid-level ticket. I bought, two t-shirts i hmm. i advert i talked about it all the time i told pretty much anybody who listened like i'm so excited to go to this ring of honor show like i'm gonna see so many of my favorite wrestlers and i left disappointed and i'm in the minority or at least the vocal or you know because even people i expected to be kind of critical of it weren't and it's like maybe it's just not going to be for me. You know, um, I mean, I'm still going to watch regardless. Uh, just for loyal, I mean, they're going to have to fuck up really bad. Um, I was kind of middle of the road. Um, I was watching while I was working, though. Um, you know, the fact that I know this is going to bring up more sore subject, but the fact that it's not on Honor Club, you know, and I had to go through different. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't even mention my Honor Club. Yeah, TK, get fucking Will's my, uh, back up and running. My honor club that I paid through December isn't working. My password and username are invalid. I'm not hearing back from the help email. I better either get access to my account back or I better get that $50 PWT's gift card. Which is so a little, little of shit, you know, but I need mean, we, we got We got to see what honor club's going to look like. Because, I mean, what's going to be the point of having honor club if you're not going to get the events? 
Yeah. They, but yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, the back catalog is obviously, as we were witnessing, is fantastic. But yeah, that was just, you know, it was just bullshit. So, um, you know, I, I was watching while I was working. Um, you know, I, I personally love the Mercedes Serena D match. Um, I'm glad you did because that one I don't feel like translated as much in person, but it's one of those matches I was watching. Like, I bet you the way they're cutting this on TV, it probably looks great. Um, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, those two, um, I'm not even gonna say it's the best women's match. I'm just gonna say it's one of the matches of your contender period. Um, personally, um, you know, they just really left it all on the line and, uh, you know, it, it did look great on TV. Um, you know, I'm kind of with you. I kind of wish Daniel Garcia would have won, but I do like Willard Yuta. I do kind of like the story that they told there. And uh, spoiler alert, it sounds like Daniel Garcia beat Daniel or Brian Danielson. Um, so if you didn't know that already, uh, like I said, we are huge fans of Daniel Garcia. I think the guy's a fucking superstar. Um, people say he can't cut a promo. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, some asshole on Twitter is like, oh, yeah, I can't believe they're Brian Dan- or Daniel Bryan or whatever you want to call him. Um, Max is against a jobber. I'm like, who the fuck? I don't know. That, that guy. They don't know. They don't. That's the thing is they don't know. We know. We've, we've seen Daniel Garcia be on the walls of AEW. Pretty much the Jericho yeah. Appreciation Society. Yeah. Because, I mean, that earlier stuff when it was just him in 2.0, it's like, okay, that's kind of more along the lines. But now that he's kind of lumped into the stable, it's like, People are, they don't feel like there's something beyond that. Yeah. I mean, you don't win the Battle of Los Angeles if you suck at wrestling. You don't become PWG world champion if you suck at wrestling. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to talk shit. But, uh, um, you know, all in all, I gave it probably a solid B. Um, You know, obviously, I I have some heat with, with some booking. Um, by Tony Khan. I mean, I'm, I haven't watched EW. I'm still going to watch Ring of Honor going forward. Um, you know, I mean, at the end of this podcast, I will have watched every single episode of Ring of Honor TV. Um, you know, and that main event was spectacular. <coughs> I really enjoyed the pre-show. Um, speaking of women that killed it, too, fucking Allison K and Willow, fucking awesome match. That um, match was great. You know, and I was glad they gave Will the win. I think maybe they kind of obviously they maybe have realized that maybe they should have should have kept their put gave her the belt. I mean, obviously you don't know that Roxy's gonna go NXT, but I did I didn't love the the Trustbusters Shinobi Shadow Squad match as much. And part of that was the crowd, like a lot of people in the crowd didn't know Slim J. Didn't know who Ari Davari was. They, they don't know who Slim J is. They don't really know. A lot of people do cheeseburger, but like nobody really knew Eli Isom. So I, I asked you some pre-production. So was this like was this a Ring of Honor crowd or was this like a hipster AEW crowd? It, it's tough to say because it was very much a crowd, with the exception of Serena Deeb, that was very much so. We're going to cheer for all the baby faces crowd. 
you know what I mean? Like, there, there wasn't really that split. Like, even when there was, like, the chance going back and forth, like, the babyface side was much more of a presence than anybody cheering for your Gresham or your Daniel Garcia or – but Serena Deep was probably the most overheel the whole night. Hmm. I, I almost thought they were going to have her win it because at least – Again, I haven't watched it, so I don't really know how it comes across in, like, the, the televised product. But in person, Deep had that match in the bag. Mm. And I would have loved to have seen it. But, again, no babe, no uh, no heels went over other than the embassy. That was the, you know, that's that's my highlight right there. Prince Nona, it's back. Love it. Fucking, I popped. I mean, obviously, we well, we'll talk about Prince Nona tonight. Oh, we're going to talk about Prince Nana tonight. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know. I, I left feeling very deflated and disappointed. Now, would that have changed if Gresham had won? Would that have changed the whole evening for you, maybe? No, I still would have. I would have felt better, I think, to an extent. Like, it would have helped because that was, like, the start. So, that's that's the note I was starting out but still just that, obviously, if Gresham had won, then not all the baby faces would have gone over. But just to sit there and make up the baby faces win, the baby faces win, the baby faces win. It's just, and it, you know, it's not how I would have booked it. Yeah. It felt more like an AEW show than even a Ring of Honor show. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I got to a little bit, so. But again, the majority of I can't say it was a bad show. It just wasn't for me. And you know, we'll see once they get whatever streaming deal or TV show or Both. maybe they do the maybe they do the impact style thing where they have a paper a monthly pay per view thing. You know, go the old school TNA style where oh we can't really see our TV, but we could do a pay per view every month. Yeah, but we'll we'll have to see what how they go about it afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. You know, uh, I mean, the main event does give me some hope because I mean, all bullshit aside, obviously the AEW guys went over, but it was a. I mean, obviously this is more of a testament to the four guys and the referee because Paul Turner was the ref in that match, right? Paul Turner's been fucking killing it, um, you know, for 10, you know, for obviously he's killing it in 2012. That, that closing sequence with Cash hitting that top rope back suplex through the table and then that second rope pile driver, like, it sucked the air out of the room because everybody's like, there's no way they're going to do a second rope pile driver and they did. And I'll give a – Shouts out to neither of us have talked, had uh, mentioned it, but uh, Roosh Dragon Lee. Oh, yeah, Jesus. A lot of fun. Probably the most Ring of Honor feeling match. Yeah. Of, of the whole night. Dragon Lee looked great. It was great. Great to see him again. Roosh was great. But the spots like suplexing off the apron and Holy. diving and all amazing. It, yeah. That was. When I saw that on the card, I'm like, ooh, there's no build to this. And they're just like, oh, it's brother versus brother, but great match. 
Um, yeah, and like to be honest with you, I think at least from what commentary said, my personal impression, Dragon Lee got over in that match. I mean, everybody knows Roosh, um, but I mean, Dragon Lee is kind of considered Roosh's little brother. Um, I I hope he's I hope he's brought into the fold for the the kind of reform that Golden Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, obviously he had immense success. Um, you know, out you know outside of his brother. I mean, he's a former what was it, junior heavyweight? He was, he was the junior heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, which he run we which he won an MSG. Um, you know, but yeah, Dragon Lee really impressed. I mean, I've always liked Roosh. Um, yeah, I can't believe we forgot that match. So, um, yeah, I mean, I give it a B. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously on the fence about the future. Um, I will support it until I can't stand it anymore because um, it is still Ring of Honor. Um, but, but real quick, so let's just kind of backtrack a little bit. So you you weren't really a Gresham fan before the pandemic, right? I was not. Uh... Aware of Gresham before pandemic, okay. so the the foundation promos from I can because I wasn't really up with Ring of Honor either at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, because I mean, like you said, I mean the peer so division. He was he was a big reason I was kind of looking to get back into Ring of Honor, and then they announced the Pure Tournament. I'm like, this sounds amazing. Like, I'm I'm I want to go all in on. Now, this isn't a rip on anybody at all. I mean, it was a worldwide pandemic. Um, but, I mean, a lot of the wrestling that was on was a bit stale. I mean, there was nothing they could do. Like I said, I mean, WWE, AEW, and whoever else ran did the best they could, and fucking kudos to them uh, for sure. But that pure tournament was just something different. It really made them stand out. You know, so I mean, right and about, all the stories that you built in and around it, like how you built the feud between Silas and Josh Woods, because Josh Woods won and Silas didn't. Yeah. And Josh Woods just being like, dog, why are you so mad? Didn't you win your match too? Like, and then it was just so refreshing to go back kind of to like, it's dope to have a finishing move, but to see that pure tournament where people were winning in different ways, like every time, like it wasn't always like, Oh, he hit the rainmaker. Well, oh, he hit a he hit a tombstone, or yeah. it's like, oh, this match Gresham won by just bashing the guy's knee into the canvas, and he gave up. Or yeah. oh, Gresham won with Gresham won with a hammerlock. That you know, he just happened to work the elbow enough that he slapped on a hammerlock, and that was that was it. That was it. I don't think that ever actually happened. I mean, that's pretty much all the London Dungeon is, right? It's just a hammerlock. That's yeah. So, it brought me back in. I, it really rejuvenated my interest in professional wrestling. So, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be. I think, uh, I think we've got to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about TV, Tom. Yeah, talk about what the sexual podcast is all about. So, high fivers, we'll see you all in about five seconds. Order both DVDs at ROHWrestling.com. How far will two women go to achieve superiority? And how far will one man go to achieve his dream? That's tonight, Inside Ring of Honor. 
Jim Cornette had announced a few weeks ago that Kevin Steen would defend the ROH World Championship against someone from outside Ring of Honor at Boiling Point in Providence, Rhode Island on August 11th. Last week, that man was revealed when Shikara Pro Wrestling's grand champion, Eddie Kingston, made his presence known. Kingston, who was banished from Ring of Honor a few years ago for behavior much like Steen's, would be getting his last chance in his career to fulfill his lifelong dream. Kingston competed in Ring of Honor for a number of years, debuting at Death Before Dishonor 4 in 2006. But along the way, this blue-collar, no-nonsense union worker racked up multiple suspensions for bad actions and bad judgment. Eddie Kingston has been a dock worker, a teamster. He's a street fighter from one of the toughest parts of New York, Yonkers. And he's a man that does what he has to do to survive. His final match in Ring of Honor was in December of 2009 at Final Battle against Chris Hero. Many thought Kingston would never be seen again. Throughout all of his struggles with anger management, family issues, and legal troubles, Kingston's support system has been Chikara Pro Wrestling. And in November of last year, Eddie Kingston became the first Chikara Grand Champion. He's a bro. He's a loose cannon. He's got a rep for anger management issues, a bad temper, and bad judgment. He's just like Kevin Steen. But Kevin Steen saw weakness in Eddie Kingston at the 10th anniversary event. Steen got in the face of Kingston, who was an invited guest of ROH. title off Kevin Steen, he now has turned to the man who was once banished from ROH for over two years. He sacrificed everything, his family, his friends. Now he gets one chance at redemption, one chance to fulfill his dream of being the world champion. At boiling point, Eddie Kingston will face Kevin Steen for the ROH World Championship. Kingston knows this is his last chance, and he's desperate. Desperate people do desperate things. He'll kill himself before he walks away empty-handed, and that's exactly what I'm thinking. What will Steen do against a man who was as bad as Steen a few years ago? 
We'll find out at Boiling Point. Eddie Kingston and Kevin Steen will collide for the World Championship in Providence on August 11th at Boiling Point. But it won't be the only battle for supremacy, as two women would both like to be known as the First Lady of ROH. She's gonna stab it with that boot right across the headboat. Finish off. Hold it. Who is that? Mike Mantle. That's Sarah Del Rey. That's Sarah Del Rey. Sarah. Where the Sarah Del Rey? One of the legitimately toughest women in the sport of professional wrestling today. Sarah Del Rey returned to ROH last week to let the world know she resents Maria's claim of being Ring of Honor's top female. And a mixed tag match has been signed for Boiling Point. Bennett and Maria versus Eddie Edwards and Sarah Del Rey. Time and time again, I have had my problems with Mike Bennett and his group. I don't have a problem beating up Brutal Bob or beating up the Prodigy, but the thing is, I can't lay a hand on Maria. So I went out and I found somebody who can. The original, the true first lady of Ring of Honor, Sarah Del Rey. Maria, you are so disgusting. Let me just tell you, you prance around worrying about your hair and your nails. Well, a real woman, a real woman would break you in half. And in Providence, Rhode Island, I'll be that woman. Sarah Del Rey, she calls herself the first lady. I'm a lady. Queen of wrestling? She was a drag queen. Did you see what she did to me? Did you see? You know, it, it, it's bad enough that next week on TV I have to face Lance Storm. Now Eddie Edwards becomes a problem. You know, Eddie, you say that you'll never hit a woman, but I have no problem if Sarah Del Ray puts her hands on the first lady of Ring of Honor, baby. She, she better not put her hands on me. You know what will happen. Actually, you know what won't. Boiling Point will be a hot night on August 11th, but Storm versus Bennett 3 will heat up the ring next week on TV as well. We'll have all the action inside Ring of Honor. Fans, it's Death Before Dishonor 10. It's all right, High Fivers. I hope you enjoyed uh, that little clip of Inside of Ring of Honor. Uh, will and I will actually talk about that a little bit uh, later. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a fun one, but uh, we'll get to that. But we are going to be discussing Ring of Honor TV, episode 45. Do you believe we started with 15, Will? Um, Ring of Honor TV, original air date, July 28, 2012. Uh, from this infamous uh, to Burns Arena in Baltimore. So they're getting some legs out of this taping for sure. So Fusion Mount Thunder Liger is still there. The Mondo Maniacs are still there. So... Um, and we figure out this was actually taped on June 29th. But we'll get to that later. So, um, yeah, real quick, Will, we started uh, the episode off with just a review of um, from Best in the World, uh, some triple threat chicanery between Jay Lethal, Ciampa, and Roddy Strong, uh, where the MC may or may not have helped Roddy retain uh, the TV title under very auspicious circumstances. Uh, but our first match, Will, was Rhino versus uh, Rocco Abruzzi. Um, Thanks for showing up, Rocco. Yeah. But one thing I did mention, I don't think we've actually talked about this before, but uh, I mean, I don't want to call, I mean, when I say jobber, I do mean it as a compliment. Um, but it's cool. To give Every, everybody's everybody's got their, their part to play. I mean, yeah. some of these jobbers, you know, some of them have kind of been more jobbers. You know, maybe they haven't done a whole lot of other stuff. 
But then you got, you know, little Vinny was 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 driving what? out. Taven. Taven. Yeah. You know, these, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, but uh, the thing about Ring of Honor, though, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I just can't believe I put this together. But, I mean, the jobbers, they get music. They get an entrance. They get a tail yeah. of the tape. Um, you know, they get an actual announcement and everything. So um, that's pretty cool. And uh, actually, if anyone ever gets a chance, there's a really good book by an old AWA wrestler called uh, Chris something. It's called Job Man. Um, but he's an old jobber for the AWA in the 70s. It's a really fascinating book. And he loved Chris, it. So Chris something's he related to Jake? Oh, <laughs> uh, well played. Uh, shout out to Jake something. Just had a huge run at AEW. He'll be back when I'm there on the first. Um, I could go get the book, but it's way over there. But it's a really good book. Um, and you, you just you put it into perspective. I mean, you got one job to put people over. Um, and Rocco did a great job getting his ass kicked. I mean, um, he looked credible, though. I mean, he looked like a – I mean, I wouldn't want to fight him. Um, you know, but uh, – yeah, Ronald pretty much makes quick work of him. Um, but the story of this match, though, Will, is afterwards. Um, the Sicilian psychopath drags out R.D. Evans and Prince Nana. And when I say drag out to the ring, I mean literally. Literally. Literally dragging him out. And Ciampa wants answers. Uh, so shout out to Prince Nana, the new manager or the embassy is back in Ring of Honor. Um, so that was awesome, like we mentioned earlier in the first half. Uh, but yeah, but basically, uh, Truth Martini throws uh, Prince Nana and RD under the bus, and then RD throws Nana under the bus. Uh, yeah, and Ciampa just grabs you know Nana and gets the air crash on him, and then he starts shouting at him um, in, in Italian. And I guess Nigel said it was uh, translated to the embassy is dead. I don't know if that's true or not. So my Italian's a little fishy, but um, hot start. You know. Yeah, I, I didn't see that bus roll through, but boy, oh boy, did Nana get thrown under the bus. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, you know, and we later find out, you know, that Ciampa stays in the ring, but we have a quick ad for Death Before Dishonor. Um, Kevin Kelly tells us there's no matches announced yet, but it's going to be Chicago Ridge. And uh, Kevin Steen and Jimmy Jacobs are very excited about this. So. Uh, but then the next match we've got, Will, we've got Rock and roll, Mike Seidel making his Ring of Honor TV debut. I know he's been on a couple of the shows uh, against a very agitated Tommaso Ciampa. Thanks for showing up, buddy. Yeah, they talk on <laughs> Nana had been, uh, yeah, I mean, Nana had been escorted out, or uh, he'd been carted out per Nigel, and R.D. Evans still at ringside. Um, well, yeah, because R.D. said, you no, know, it was all Nana, not. Yes. So I guess RD's got some kind of you know hold on Champa, so we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, Kevin Kelly and Nigel they kind of put over Mike Sully's yoga and la da da da. And uh he, he had a good couple good spots, but I mean um you know Champa pretty much dominates, but will uh the ending of this match definitely something different, or at least the lead up. Um, you know, Mike Sedell's getting some kicks on, on Champa. And Ciampa just grabs his leg, pulls his leg out from under, and Seidel pulls some fucking splits. Ouch. I don't care how fucking flexible you are. Going down like that's got hurt like a motherfucker. Um, 
But he stayed in that split position, and Chompas came in and nailed the fucking knee. Uh, got the air crash, or no, Project Chompa, I'm sorry. And uh, the one, two, three. So, you know, the embassy. Not, not, not surprising. Yeah, the embassy is crumbling, but what's going to happen with uh, R.D. Evans and Chompa? So. I, I, I did appreciate, I mean, where I wouldn't say I'm putting the cart before the horse, but this was a kind of a neat episode in the fact that the House of Truth and the Embassy are kind of like there almost like the entire episode. Like it felt like it was very much focused on like these two groups this whole episode. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely bookended it for sure. Um, but it's time to, I think it's time to go inside, Tom. Yeah, it is. Uh, not yet. Oh. No. We've Silly got, me. We've got uh, a quick ad for ringofhonorwrestling.com where you can buy DVDs, including Battle of the Carolinas, but they didn't mention that this time around. Uh, but no, actually, Will, we've got an All-Land Express promo. That's right. They uh, they respond to the, the call-out wrestling's greatest tag team. Because wrestling... They, uh, Charlie Haas said, if you don't, you know, give us a shot, we're gonna, we're gonna hunt you down and take it ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, there was a, uh, there was a little bit of a scuffle, per se. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, fun, I mean, fun promo. I mean, you know, Kevin, or, uh, you know, uh, Kenny King's out there. He's just like, the only thing that makes demands is, you know, is championship belts. And then, um, you know, he's talking about Rhett's a, a tank and, you know, Rhett's all fired up and it wasn't a fluke. And then, uh, and then World Square Wrestling's Grass Tag Team comes out. Um, they kick Kevin Kelly out of the ring. Great heel work. Um, Shelton does what Shelton doesn't do best is cut a promo. Uh, but he does mention they've got two options, the All Night Express. They can either give up those belts, Will, or they can, or, or they can fight them for it. And Kevin or not, Kevin King, pretty funny. He's like, you know, I'm definitely prettier than I am smart. And if you give us the option between fighting and running, he's like, I'm gonna run up your old ass, and we got ten minutes to spare right now. And then wrestling's curious take teams like, no, no, no. If we're gonna wrestle you guys, we're gonna do it for the belt. Michael puts it over. Uh, they turn around and, boy, surprise, surprise, Will. They attack him. Were you shocked? I wasn't shocked. I was a little shocked at how it, the, the kind of the end of the segment. Yes. Because Charlie Haas had the, they had the chair and Haas was ready to destroy Titus's knee again, but Shelton stopped. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, we will see, you know, it's so weird, you know, Kenny King still there, tag team title still on him. <laughs> weird. Um, you know, and I, and so we figured out, um, obviously this was taped on June 29th, uh, because Adam Cole's got the belts June 30th, uh, and then Kenny King is released on July 6th. So, um, I mean, I, that is one of the frustrations with, I mean, it is tough with tapings. Um, you can't foresee that your tag team champions can go to another company. Um, I don't know what they could have done to get rid of this, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, 
Oh, they haven't mentioned you. Well, we've only seen one episode, but I wonder what they're going to do. I actually don't know what they're going to do with the tag team title. So I'm sure they're going to have, uh, you know, Shining Wizard Tony's favorite tournament. So, but now it will. Oh, he loves tournaments. Now it's inside of Ring of Honor. Now it's inside of Ring of Honor. So now we're going to discuss what uh, the high fires heard in between uh, our fuck you Zoom breaks. Uh, but will, this is definitely by far one of the best inside ring of honors that we've seen. Um, I know we talked about last week, you know, how we're wondering, wasn't Eddie Kingston banned from ring of honor? Yes. We're, we, we questioned that. It's like, cause it said he was banned from ring of honor. It's like, Oh, I don't remember them talking about that before. Cause he was invited to, uh, the, the, the live event. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now they kind of break down how Eddie Kingston was in Ring of Honor before. Um, he was very he, very Kevin Steen-like, uh, but he's been banned since 2009. Um, and they kind of put over that he went to Chikara and, and he found some peace. Oh. He's a grand champion. He's doing great. Yeah. And then they kind of cut back when uh, when Eddie and Kevin Steen. So they're, they're telling long-term stories here, which is nice. Yeah. Um, you know, so for the high fivers forgot, uh, back in like February or March, um, I think that was fighting in February, you know, Eddie Kingston kind of confronted, uh, you know, Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen and Kevin Steen kind of wondered. Yeah, Steen's like, you know, team up with me, you know, we could destroy Ring of Honor, we can destroy Chikara, build it all up in our own. And Eddie Kingston's like, man, I don't hate Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is the best wrestling in the world. Chikara is my home. And then it seems like, yeah, Chikar is a bunch of Mickey Mouse dorks, basically. Kingston doesn't like that. So, yeah, we're, we're going to get August 11th. Yeah, which I thought was kind of odd. But yeah, Eddie Kingston's last chance at the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah. I mean, if only Will had access to his Honor Club to watch that. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, what? What a bummer. Um. Yeah, and then Cornette talks, you know, comes in. He's, he's putting over uh, Kingston. You know, Eddie Kingston's been a union worker. He's been a steel worker. He's been a dock worker. You know, he's a lot like Kevin Steen was, and, you know, he'd rather die than lose this opportunity, la da 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 So, um, one of the better Cornette promos. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. I didn't put this on a boiling point, but hopefully it's a good show. Um, but I do love that one segment that, you know, you know, Kevin Steen's like, oh, I didn't come out here to fight, Eddie. I didn't come out here to fight. And he's like, plans change. And then they start punching each other. Oh, um, yeah. And then we get, um, no offense, Ring of Honor, but your your women's division. If I'm right, because they're highlighting. They're like, oh, we have two women. And I even like was like, two women? What are, we, what are we building up to? It's like, oh, Maria and Sarah, Sarah Del Rey. I'm like, no offense from Rick Canales, great human being. Uh, really good at what she does, but I would not consider her a wrestler. Uh, however, Sarah Del Rey is a legend. Um, I mean, she's literally one of the best um, wrestlers of the 2010s. So, but we find out next week that we've got a, a mixed tag match. So, it's going to be Eddie Edwards versus Eddie Edwards and Sarah Del Rey versus Mike Bennett and Marie Canales. Um but it was kind of funny, though, because, I mean, Mike Bennett's like, oh, I can't lay my hands on, you know, 
or uh, or I can lay my hands on Sarah Del Rey, or la da da. And she's like, well, if she beats me up, you know what won't happen? She better not touch me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then we'd be getting our main event. Uh, well, actually, before I start the main event, uh, Nigel and Kevin Kelly just talked about how officials are super upset with wrestling's greatest tag team. So, um, what's going to happen there? Well, we recap, recap real quick for those that may have forgotten. Uh, Adam Cole had actually just recently beat uh, Roddy Strong in a four-way corner survival match uh, for a TV title shot. So that's how we get to our main event. The old, the old proving grounds match. Yep. Um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, he beat, uh, you know, he outlasted. Um, oh, my God. I mean, obviously, it's Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy Strong, and uh, BJ Whitmer, a uh, friend of uh, – my boy Brett. So, um, yeah, the match starts off. Uh, Roddy does give the code of honor. Will, were you shocked? It does it's out of, a little out of character of, of one Roger Strong? Um, you know, truth, I, truth Martini does well. Truth Martini allows the code of honor if he knows he's going to win. Yeah, but and then uh, Truth Martini also goes for. Uh, for Code of Honor, and then Roddy Strong kicks Adam Cole in the head. Um, and then they keep mentioning that wrestling's greatest tag team super upset, or the officials are upset, upset with them, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, short match, I mean, it was only 11 minutes long. Um, but, I mean, you could definitely too tell, you know, where these two developed their chemistry from. This was a fun match. Um, so it was a fun match, and uh, maybe uh, maybe some of the cracks in the House of Truth are getting to be uh, a little too big to just put a Band-Aid on, Tom, because at one point, Michael Elgin made his way out from the back. Yeah. And he stood there and watched Roderick Strong get pinned by Adam Cole. Didn't do a thing. Um, Didn't do a thing. You know, these, uh, I mean, they, I mean, there's not much to really talk about the match. Um, you know, it was hard hitting. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. It, it was what you would expect from Adam Cole, Roger Strong, with only 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, the truth interferes. Um, and then Roddy catches, uh, or, uh, oh, um, yeah, or truth interferes. And then Adam Cole throws him out. And then, uh, Roger, this is kind of a cool move, though. Um, Roddy goes for the backbreaker. Cole pretty much lands on his feet. Yeah. Um, I've never seen that reversal out of that before. Uh, then guys goes up to the figure four. Roddy rolls him up. Um, then they kick each other a bunch. And then, like you said, uh, Mike Weldon comes out. Uh, but, yeah, and then Cole just lands a super kick and was it a key lock suplex, I think they call? Um, yeah, it's uh, the Florida Keys. That's what it is. Is, is, what, is what they call it now. Because it's the it's the German suplex with the arms crisscrossed. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a new TV champion. Wow, I didn't know that happened. Thanks, yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah, so, um, yeah, fun match. Um, you know, the Elgin thing was awesome. I mean, Truth Martini uh, is worth every cent that they're probably paying him. Which probably isn't much. Um, just his come on, Elgin. Come on. It was great. Um, 
yeah, so we've got new we've got new TV champions and uh, another crack in the house of truth. So we'll see what's going to happen here with uh with Elgin. And then let's not be remiss. Um, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis fucking love Adam Cole. Yes, they lost their shit. So, um, all in all, I I don't know. This is usually kind of the reverse. The first time I watched it, I didn't really like this episode, but it was better the second time around. Um, I only watched it. I only watched this episode the one time. Well, you got a lot better. You're smarter than I am. Well, you can. Well, I didn't take any notes. It's a little more obvious this time. I didn't take notes. No. No. Yeah. I didn't feel like there was anything particularly like. Gotta make sure I mention this. I mean, other than like the major plot points, right? You know. Yeah. Prince Nana's on the outs. You know, Champa's got beef with now kind of the embassy and kind of with the House of Truth. The House of Truth is having issues with the House of Truth. Yeah. And we've got this feud with Hassan Benjamin and All Night Express, but we already know that this feud's not really going to Go anywhere. Have time to materialize at all because we already know if you, you know, at the time we're watching Ring of Honor, ROHWrestling.com and you watch the uh, the live event, you'd already know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I just, I don't know. You know, it is what it is. So I It was mean, okay. This episode was okay. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, like we always ask you this time, Will. I mean, if this is your first episode, um, would you have been intrigued to at least watch a second one? Not as much as others we've had recently. Yeah. No, yeah, nothing bad. Yeah. But it's one of those episodes where it's kind of it's nice to watch as an episode because we're watching all of them. Yeah. Like, oh, this kind of there's like this through line with the House of Truth through like the whole show. Right. It's like, okay, this this is like the big story we got going on right now. So here's the, the key players that we need to be keeping an eye on. But wasn't, you know, there wasn't any like any of the matches that were really like, ooh, this match was like really good. You guys gotta it's not the match where it's like you guys gotta go to the YouTube because the honor club doesn't work and you gotta go back and find <laughs> episode, you know, the single digit episode of TV from two thousand eleven or whatever. You know, it's like it was fine. Yeah, I think, I, I think my the, the thing I liked the most was probably the the backstory of Eddie Kingston being booted out of Ring of Honor. Yeah, but if Inside Ring of Honor is the highlight of your show, it's probably not the best show. Again, not bad, not great. Next week, though, Guardians of Truth. Briscoe's round two. The House of Truth continues. I was so disappointed to see that, but maybe it's a better showing. Maybe. Or maybe they're just going to replay when they showed up the last time. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine they wrestled twice, so. I don't know. I mean, all in all, all bullshit aside, like I said, I think this would have peaked. I mean, obviously, Ring of Honor would have kind of piqued my curiosity. I'd like to see this Eddie Kingston scene. It was cool to see a title change. Um, yeah, all in all, I mean, it didn't dip, 
blown that that valley that we hit in February this year. Um, but I mean, not as good as some episodes, but all in all, it was super solid. Yeah, all right. So, well, sweet. Well, Will, I think, um, yeah, I think that's really we all got for this week, unless you got anything else. No, I, I'll just take the, the moment to plug that you've already missed me by the time this goes up to air, but as we're recording tomorrow night, Friday night, me and my friend uh, Pure Evil are going to the Chaotic Countdown, Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm very excited to see the Mecca, Brian Johnson. Speaking of somebody that really shined in that Pure Tournament. Or trying and, to pandemic. and and post because I mean that that match he had on TV against Gresham after Gresham won the belt like that was Brian Johnson looked really good in that match yeah so I'm very excited to yell M E C C A I'll probably be like one of like two people in the crowd doing it but I don't care I'm I'm going to the store tomorrow morning to get the stuff to make my own bozo t shirt I was just gonna ask you I gotta get the stuff to make my own bozo t shirt I'm I'll wear my wizard shirt like in the event as I always do. Always happy to just to, to, uh, to shine for the wizards, but I got to bring my own bozo T-shirt just in case he doesn't have one there. Like Mr. Johnson, I need a. I would like to ask for a photo, but who would possibly be dumb enough to ask for a photo with the mecca, a bozo? <laughs> this one right here. Uh, well, Will, uh, my phone better be taken off here in about 22 hours for that picture. So, And then uh, I'll also plug, I, I'll admit, well, it's not anything to do with the event itself, but some kind of the stuff that's happening around the event. I'm feeling a little less excited, but uh, WrestleQueerdom, the all-trans uh, wrestling event out of Milford, New Hampshire, is next Saturday. Oh no shit. Nice. So looking forward looking forward to the most seeing uh Edith Surreal. Uh main event versus Vaney. So that's very cool. Vanny's first US uh appearance. Nice. They've been in the States for a little while, but I don't think they're still kind of billing this as their first US wrestling match. Yeah. Uh getting to see Max the Impaler. Nice. Very excited. Kid Bandit. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. Uh, Sunny Kiss is supposed to be there. The Kid Bandit is all over the fucking place. And I think uh, Zeke Mercer is going to be there, too. Also a Shining Wizards. Nice. So it will be, like I said, I'm looking stuff kind of around the show. I'm maybe not as excited about. And I think it's just one of those things where it's one person kind of running it, and I think it's just a lot, and they're just going through a lot in general. But it's seeing kind of some of the critique that other people were kind of in that LGBTQ spectrum of wrestling, yeah, that are maybe a little more established, not as like promoters, but like they're kind of more established figures in it. Mm -hmm. And there's been kind of like criticisms levied against, again, not the event itself. Yeah, but maybe how the promoter carries himself mm. when dealing with like, especially with, with criticism about some aspects of the event. I'm so I'm not as excited, but still very excited to see you know the handful of talent yeah. and how 
how many times is Max the Impaler going to come to? New how many? How many times is Edith Surreal going to show up in New Hampshire? Get, that's one of those things you got to take the opportunity while it's there. Yeah. Dude, that's fun. Yeah, I will be in Fruitland, Idaho next Saturday. So Fruitland. Fruitland, yeah. Like F R U I T L A N D. Yep. What fruits do you grow in Idaho besides potatoes? Um, well, it's not a fruit, but there's a lot of asparagus. Um, all I mean, I guess potatoes not a bit fruit either, but yeah, um, a lot of grain in Idaho. Um, a lot yeah, of corn, a lot of wheat. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of barley, barley and hops. Ooh, um, not a fan. Not gluten free. Yeah. Oh, that's right. As if it wasn't enough that I hate death before dishonor. I'm gluten free. Boo. Boo. Boo this man. Um, yeah, no, they, I mean, yeah, a lot of crops. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, basically Idaho or Southern Idaho is like, it's like a big, it sounds like it's like a big corn maze. Like you just keep driving from crop to crop to crop. Yeah. I mean, especially where face, I'm, families from i mean our dad's a farm well a truck driver but um but yeah they've got land so yeah it'll be good to get some fresh air um you know i get out of the city for a little while so yeah well sweet will uh anything else you need to put over just the usual the folks at visionary globals media for hosting the show you for steering the ship and uh the wizards for bringing all of us to, and more together yeah, I mean, we're collecting Discord members as we go. So, all right, well, I'm done. So, we'll set it best. But uh, high fivers, we will talk to everybody next week.